I am very glad to see that for once the white man was not the villain. It was the Spaniards. Because <laughs> there have been other racial groups in history that have committed atrocities other than white people. So I'm so glad to see the Spaniards were in this villainous role. <laughs> I got nothing. No comment on that one, guys? Nope. Go Spaniards. <laughs> What is going on, comic book movie fans? My name is Jonathan. This is Comic Book Cinema. And today we're going to discuss What If Season 2. This episode is going to be a little bit different, obviously. I'm actually joined in person by some of the amazing personalities that have been on my show before in the past. We're all together today in real life, guys. Wow. It's wild. This is crazy. crazy. Yay. <laughs> You're a lot taller than we thought. You are. You're huge. <laughs> yeah. They said that I look uh, a little bit shorter on camera, so they were kind of shocked that I'm actually not five foot ten. Today we're going to talk about what if we need to start off with the Novacore episode. What did you guys think about that Novacore episode? Thumbs down. It was so dark and boring. It was definitely dark, and it was definitely not the most entertaining episode. No, I think as even as a whole, it seems as if Marvel for what if they got their least entertaining characters. And we're like, let's do what-if episodes on them. It makes me wonder if it, they got the voice actors of the, those pe the people that they get the, get the voice actors of and they crafted shows around them. Because you don't see a Captain America-centric episode. You don't see like Chris Hemsworth coming in and we get this cool Thor episode. We get Kahori and Hela and Nebula. I'm glad you brought up Kahori. What did you guys think about Kahori? So is this the uh, the big unveil or the unveil of uh, her? This is the show. This is what they. This is the one they put her in. This is their selling point. We're going to use what if, season two to sell our new Marvel uh, strong character. <laughs> well, they got and they nailed me. Nailed me. <laughs> I, I think, and I think we all can agree that the one thing I just could not get out of my head the entire time we were watching this show is this season of what if had victoria alonzo's fingerprints all over it this is the first female directed film uh and it's our first female superhero it's funny that people call it the x-men there's a lot of female um of female superheroes in that x-men group so i think it's outdated it just it it felt a thousand percent like the kind of the kind of things that when she talks about the direction of what she sees the MCU being moving forward when she talks about it publicly, th this is exactly what she's talking about. Everything from the cultural appropriation to the things that she thinks is important that she needs to push. It, instead of trying to find a good story, it felt like she tried to find different things that she needed to be introducing into the MCU. It did not feel natural to me none of it felt natural to me Kahori and, didn't feel natural all, all of it didn't feel natural I mean I, I think of the nine episodes I think that what like six or seven of them were all focused on on women protagonists and women and look they're, they're not doing anything to fight those MCU allegations man they're not <laughs> doing anything right. to fight those at all when we're talking about Kahori for example basically what the title of that episode should have been is uh, what if Quicksilver Captain Marvel and Warpath all had a baby that's 
basically what it was. Warpath is not in the MCU. It was such an unnecessary character. It was such an unnecessary character, and I just felt like that. that's how it was with the entire thing. Every single one of these characters, it was just so unnecessary. I didn't need three episodes of Cap- of Captain Carter. It, it, I'll, I will agree with that. Def- it was, and the first time that the four of us were together, we were talking about what if. Yeah. You guys remember? Oh, yes. Oh. And, so, and, and I think at that point, we all were very optimistic about yeah. where it could go. Yeah. You know what I mean? But oh, yeah. now, two seasons in, I think we all can look back and say they're kind of using it wrong. Yeah. That's the way I feel. It's kind of like they're just fitting this in with the rest of their formula on how they do anything these days. It's just like, man, I wasn't hoping to get the most stereotypical thing that I think Disney would deliver, but boy, did they sure do it. It's <laughs> like, it's like, is this just a whole Captain Carter show? That's another thing, you know. The, the What If comics, uh, those focused on different stories. Each comic was set in its own thing. These all, I mean... Sh- they have a lot of the same characters. I get their different storylines, but there are a lot of the same characters coming over and spilling over into the different episodes. And it's like, all right, we get it, um, uh, Marvel. You guys are really into Captain Carter. That's cool. And then we get like the likes of Annette Benning showing up. Mm-hmm. Remember what she was in? Anyone? <laughs> well, yeah, uh, so- and Jude Law's back. Woo! Yeah, yeah, oh, wow. They picked some winners to really sell this show. <laughs> oh, man. I was kind of impressed that they got some of the people to come back that they did to play the voice roles. Yeah, I'm, how'd they get them? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good question. Sticking with the Nebula episode, yeah, I think it was very mediocre. I mean, the twist the twist wasn't very satisfying at the end. Nebula was set up and all that good stuff with Jan Rog. It's kind of predictable. Interesting hodgepodge of characters that team up at the end of the Nebula episode. You know, you had Howard the Duck. Yeah. You had yeah. Nebula and you Korg. had Groot and Korg. 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 So exciting. Korg came back. Yeah, so that's that's <laughs> something that's been brought up on the CBC in the past that Korg is overused. A little bit, you think? Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like you guys said, I do think that there was a lot, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, there was a lot of MCU representation here. And, and some of it might have been crammed in unnecessarily. Well, let's look at the whole premise. What if Nebula joined the Nova Corps? Yeah. Now, raise your hand if you really care about that story in the first place. You probably don't. But if it was, what if Thor joined the Nova Corps? Okay, I'd be interested in, in something like that. Pretty much, what if anybody but Nebula joined? She's yeah. just not a character that I, I care about. Yeah. And they replayed the whole, you know, got Yondu's fin. Like, we've seen that. We already saw that in the, the real life thing with Kraglin. Yeah. I, I, don't, I just don't need to see it again. So I thought it was a retread, basically. Yeah. It's not because she's a woman, but because Absolutely. of no. the character. It's a very bland character. Yeah. And, and I agree with you on that. <laughs> Guys, I actually enjoyed the Peter Quill episode. Okay. I thought it was really cool to see the 80s Avengers assemble. I did too. You know, that was actually something that was kind of fun and interesting and different. Uh, overall. I thought that one was okay. Um, you know, it, it was more tolerable than I think a, a lot of them in the uh, in, in that season. It was still kind of uh, out there. There were there were some things that still maybe just didn't line up with me with with what Peter's capabilities would have been at that time. I don't know. There, there's just a lot that really didn't didn't make a lot of sense. It was an interesting story, at least. I don't. Kurt Russell came back. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course yeah. he did. <laughs> he's, he's Disney through and through, right? <laughs> yeah, I think to you guys' point, that was tolerable. It feels like it's just homework anymore to watch all this stuff. John Coughlin mentioned that back during one of the Secret Invasion episodes, and it really stood out to me because he does have a point there. It's like, I want to be itching. to I, I want to be looking forward uh, to getting up early in the morning and being mad I can't watch it because i got to get to work and have to wait until after work. That's the type of feeling I want from any of this stuff, and it's just not been there the past 
year two. Sure. Do, do you think that because we've gotten so many mediocre projects as of late that our anticipation and enthusiasm towards the MCU as a whole in general yeah. is very, very low? Oh, yeah. I think it definitely taints your overarching view of it. I mean, I didn't talk, I've talked to all of you guys coming into these shows, and, and not one person was really excited about anything because we've had so many hit after hit after hit that's just been... Not hit like exciting, yeah, hit, yeah. but like ugh, hit to the jugular over and over again with the Marvel stuff, and yeah. that we're all just like, "Come on, Deadpool three, come on, Deadpool three. <laughs> yeah. We're just we're just like biding our time for Deadpool three and X Men ninety seven, and everything else is like, oh, Echo and Agatha, who cares? I, I feel like Charlie Brown with the football over and over yeah. and over again. I it just keep Lucy just keeps pulling that football out but I still keep running to kick it. Just hoping no, no, no not this time. Yeah. This time they're going to they're going to actually do something and surprise me and they don't. It's discouraging and this is one of the most optimistic people you'll meet. <laughs> it, it, when it, especially when it comes to the MCU because I really love the MCU. I love Marvel as a whole. And I think that yeah, we had a, a spell there from probably 2008, one could say, all the way till 2018. I mean, that's 10 years of, yeah. of almost flawless performances at the box office and as far as critical reception, with a few exceptions in there. Iron Man 3 wasn't beloved. Thor The Dark World wasn't beloved. So we did have some in there in the early phases. You know, Captain Marvel was also uh, sprinkled in there too right before Endgame, which is not a horrible film by any means, but... I'm starting to kind of get off topic a bit. What did you guys think about the uh, Happy Hogan Saves Christmas episode? Did you think that there was any fun to be had there? The the only thing that was really good about it was all of the Die Hard references. That was pretty much it. The Die Hard references were great in the Hans Gruber moment at the very end. That was really cool. That's just cheap tactics for him, though. Anything with Kat Dennings in it, I'm just kind of out from here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But I think that Justin Hammer is the most underrated Absolutely. MCU villain of all time. Say it again for the people in the back. He's so good. Yes. He's so good. And I think this episode was meant as a palate cleanser mm -hmm. because yeah. it's so different. But I didn't need my palate cleansed. I was still waiting for something good. Like, that's not where I would have put that in the order. Like, I want to see some good stuff. And by the third episode, you're already giving me this campy Purple uh -huh. Hulk episode. Like, no! No, Kat Dennings and Justin Hammer in the same. They don't go together. Like, maybe if he killed her, you know? <laughs> but. I don't hate Kat Dennings as much as you guys, but <laughs> but she did become very overbearing. I think it was in Dark World oh, where yeah. she just really became overbearing. Her recent appearances in some of the uh, early What If stuff and also... Uh, when she popped up in WandaVision. WandaVision was yeah. okay because yeah. it, it actually fit. And this was all throughout the What If series. This wasn't just that episode, but all of the the quick one-line campy humor where everybody's trying to be either Peter Quill or Robert Downey Jr. I, it, it just... It, it doesn't fit a lot of those characters. Right. You know, when we had this buddy cop story but we're which we're going to get to between Captain Carter and and Black Widow and they had moments like that where they were trying to do that quick one-line comedy it just doesn't land with those characters yeah. it just yeah. doesn't they need to just kind of move move away from that and adding someone like Kat Dennings to a project that's just all it's going to be you know what's interesting uh the episode where Iron Man goes to the uh Grandmaster's arena to have the drag race that episode and some of these other episodes the first watch through that I had I really didn't like them that much. Mm -hmm. Now, the Nebula episode stayed the same. I feel like I still hated it. <laughs> but when I went back and watched it by myself without uh, 
possible negative opinions from my wife, even possible negative opinions from my three-year-old, I found myself enjoying this episode a little more. I mean, I thought it was a little bit of fun to be had here. Jeff Goldblum is a national treasure. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. There was some fun for me, at least, in this episode. Uh, the whole angle between uh, Gamora and Tony, Stor- uh, Tony Stark, that was often played into the comics and stuff. So I guess, for me, that was a cool element I, they might have took within that and displayed in the show, although it being very different and everything. But No, just, uh, I didn't like, I just couldn't get into any of these. I couldn't. I tried. Really? That bad? I'm not trying to nitpick it. It's just not nothing. It's just not characters I care about. You know, every single what if supposed to be its own unique storyline, and every, I guess these are. They want to say that even though they hired the same people to be in them all. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I love Jeff Goldblum, but I, I'm good never seeing the Grandmaster again. And and I think <laughs> that's, that's yeah, kind of yeah. that's kind of the problem. Is like you know I I think they want to try to get as many of these actors back as they can to do this and maybe see if they can catch lightning in a bottle. Maybe people will be excited about this story and they won't know until they release something like this but i just feel like i don't need to see the grandmaster and anything else it's just it it served its purpose i think it was an interesting angle to take iron man is almost coming back to earth and then it closes what does happen so that is like the premise of that what if tony didn't make it back is interesting to me i don't see how he would end up at the great with the grandmaster i don't think that would happen but that one that one along with the peter quill episode was also very much a what if that I'm looking for, whether it was executed well or not. But yeah, what if Peter Quill end up going to Ego like he was supposed to? This is what would happen. Yeah. What if Iron Man didn't make it out of the portal or whatever? Okay, that that makes sense. Nebula joining the Nova Corps and Happy Saving Christmas don't really... You see how they're so different? <laughs> yeah. And like, oh, yeah. that really would be a good question to ask. The execution is where it was a little flawed. Because I did like Gamora and Iron Man. I like that yeah. stuff. But then we had Valkyrie coming and just kind of ruin it. So, like, I just can't stand her. Jared and I were talking about this back and forth with uh, the first What If season. Is is You can tell the episodes that take their inspiration from the comics and the ones that don't. The ones that do are the ones that have that one thing. If you change this one thing, then this whole cataclysm of stuff changes. You just don't really see that. What If the one thing is is Nebula joining the Nova Corps, well, what led to that? What was the one thing that changed? There was not one thing that changed. It's just a different story. And that's not really what What If is that the comic book fans are familiar with. Speaking of least favorite episodes, this was definitely my least favorite, the Black Widow episode, where basically they pair Black Widow with Peggy Carter, which, in my opinion, like you guys said, I think you guys said this earlier, I think she's way too overused in this whole series. We definitely got enough of Peggy Carter in season one of What If. Maybe that's one of those actresses that is really on board with Disney+, and she's really willing to come back and voice the role. So maybe that's why they're putting more emphasis on her. Yeah, I feel like we saw enough already. So especially bringing her back in three or maybe even four episodes in this season was just a little too much. And this Black Widow episode was so just draggy and boring and just <laughs> bleh. Like there was nothing really like fun and exciting about it to me. Yeah, I feel, I feel like Captain Carter is something they're really trying to push. Okay. And, and I don't get it either. I mean, the, the, the first season... It was probably the one thing, the one episode that I think people saw kind of a little easier transition to the MCU. 
and then they introduced her in the MCU and Multiverse of Madness. And now we've got three episodes over here yep. in, in What If. And I know Darren just mentioned that if you want that shield, you can own it at Target for $74.99. Yep. $74.99. They're full in stock. They're really pushing. They're really pushing Captain Carter, Captain Carter just hoping people are going to love it. And it's just not it's not landing. I just, I can't see anybody really getting excited about that. Go down the street in any town in America and be like, to any little kid, and we'll ask their parents first, obviously, and be like, hey, do you know who Captain America is? And it'll be like, probably a fair amount. will be like, yeah. Hey, do you know who Captain Carter is? Crickets. That's a good point. Because we need to expose the children to more Captain Carter. And that's why we have all these episodes now. No, I think Captain Carter is what Deadpool used to be. Deadpool in little bits was fine. Totally fine. Yeah. Now Deadpool has saturated everything. He has 30,000 of his own issues. He's in every book and they try and make him serious because that's who they saw a little bit of popularity from. And yeah. season one of What If, Captain Carter was probably the standout character, her and Doctor Strange were, <sighs> and the zombies. Those were probably the three that people yeah. were like, okay, this is interesting take. Well, let's shove it down their throat in season two and let's put it in the movies yeah. and let's give her... like. No, just give me a little bit. I don't always need a ton. Just seeing her in little snippets is yeah. fine. Just a little bit. And then I can do my own what-ifs mm-hmm. about Captain Carter. If you tell me everything, I, I got too much. It-, it feels like this is some kind of back pay to Atwell for, 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 for the for the Agent Carter series just being so terrible. They promised her this big role, they promised her this big series, they promised her all this stuff and it didn't come it didn't come yeah. to fruition. And so now here we are, we've got what if we're gonna introduce Captain Carter, that's gonna be your new payday. And it just doesn't hmm. it does not seem to me like there's really any other explanation for why they would be pushing this character this hard. It doesn't make any sense. Going back to the Kahori episode I'll say this, because you guys did have a lot of negativity, which is understandable when it comes to Kahori. We're actually within punching distance this time, Jonathan. Okay. <laughs> so look, with, with the whole Kahori character, I think that the character is different. I will say that if I'm trying to be positive. Okay. The episode was not a bad episode. My wife actually loved that episode. That was probably her favorite episode of the whole bunch. If you want to bring in diversity into the MCU, this is the way you do it. You introduce a new character or take someone from the comics. There we go. Okay, but all right, but but but, but yeah. listen, listen. All right. Let me let me finish my point here. <laughs> so me and Jared are about to explode. So hurry up with your point. Hurry up. I didn't love the Kahori character, and also it's not a character that I see just standing beside Iron Man and Captain America and Thor. At the end of the day, like it's just a character that doesn't quite fit in. Maybe they can modernize the character a little bit more, but it's also very interesting because we just got through introducing our first, you know, Native American superhero with Echo. So what, you know, like I, I just sure. there's a lot of confusion I think on my my end. There's a lot of positives and negatives about the character in my opinion. I think that if you're gonna introduce more diversity in the, in the MCU, this is how you do it. You know, either creating your own original characters or taking some from the comics. The episode was fun enough, but the character to me doesn't make sense in the MCU. So there, there's a lot of, I'm kind of 50-50, honestly, Uncle yeah. Hori. You said it and Jared called you on it right away. Probably the, the biggest thing that drives comic book fans crazy 
about um, source material. When, when these when these universes get big is the fact that you know we got people that are trying to push a certain diversity equity and inclusion agenda and yeah. that's fine the one thing that drives us insane is there is no better platform and there is no better medium that is more diverse than the original Marvel Universe okay the, yeah. y- we've got what 50 60 years worth of stories we've got over 7,000 main characters there is something for everybody in that universe already we don't need this diverse original character that you just now introduced there's somebody out there like that in the original marvel universe we we don't need we don't need you to introduce a brand new character for us like this and it felt to me like they they really were just trying to push something on 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 the audience just to kind of see what the response to it would be but it totally didn't land that was probably my least favorite episode of the entire of the entire season yeah i thought the story was fine the animation was good i loved her effects but like you said danny moonstar from the new mutants <laughs> moonstar would have been perfect for that mm-hmm. thunderbird warpath there are lots yeah. of native american characters and there are so many what ifs that i have in my mind from the mcu already I don't need a new, like a whole new episode. Like you took that one in Happy Hogan and basically those were throwaway episodes for me. Just for me. And it has nothing to do with her ethnicity or her being a girl at all. I just gave you examples of men and fem- and women that could play those roles. That would be a great segue to X-Men too. Oh, Danny Moonstar. Huh, this is, she's definitely like a C-list X-Men character, <laughs> but... She could do the exact same stuff. Ma'am. Let's go, Hori. The X-Men are coming, Jared. Just are they, it's not, They are. It's not only, not only that they're pushing all that, but that they have to make her, like, the most powerful character of all time. That's it, it, Everyone they introduce that they're trying to push an agenda on, it's not just introducing the character with that that they're trying to push. It's introducing that character and making them, you know, the last one was 11. We're going to dial this one up to a 12. It, it, they just have to, they have to make it the most powerful character of all time in order to make people feel like they're really paying attention. And it just, it just isn't working, man. It isn't working. It's making it boring. If everybody is as powerful as Captain Marvel, then what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Gaia. <coughs> Excuse exactly. me. Yeah. Gaia, perfect Excuse example. Gaia is a perfect <coughs> example. Yeah. That's exactly right. I'll have to see more of her, too, eventually. <laughs> Unfortunately. I am very glad to see that, for once, the white man was not the villain. It was the Spaniards. Because <laughs> there have been other racial groups in history that have committed atrocities other than white people. So I'm so glad to see the Spaniards were in this villainous role. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> No comment on that one, guys? Nope. Go Spaniards. (laughs) (laughs) Hella and the Ten Rings. Oh, not that one. Hats off to originality and trying something different. You know, that's what I said the same thing, John. The first thing I said when I was going up on a episode of uh, uh, Seven of this uh, season, I was like, I can't wait to see Shang-Chi's dad and mom again. And they got those two great actors. Tell me more, Darren. Tell me more. This whole season has been led up to this, and we finally they're capping us off with something good here. Oh man! You know what? It's like the second to last episode of Game of Thrones. They just don't let you down. Okay, so I'm probably gonna get jumped on here, but uh, <laughs> okay. So what if Hella found the Ten Rings? I thought it was a very cool idea for what if. 
Kate Blanchett was back to voice the character Jared's favorite. I love Hella. <laughs> yeah. I love Hella. Okay, I legitimately so I mean, love Hella. Yeah, uh, she was okay in it. I, I think seeing Hella's harsh upbringing was cool to see a little bit of backstory for that sure. character yeah. and, and seeing why you know some of her motivations and why she does some of the things she does. Yeah. What did you guys think about this episode? <laughs> Terrible. This is Hella. The goddess yeah. of death. They made her in the light. She turned. Yeah, she's not Gandalf. Like, yeah. Why did she? She's turn? the goddess of death. She's now. <laughs> oh well, I'll just team up with Wenwu and I'll get the the rings and I will take down Oat. No one is beyond saving, Jerry. No. This is true. <laughs> this no is true. Saving. Except for Hela. I mean, her name's a goddess of death. I was really excited to just see Hela back because I feel like her going out in Ragnarok was wasted, in that she could be someone that we could see in future movies so when I saw that she was going to be in the what if great I get to see her and Kate Blanchett's coming back oh she's good I, it was just very much a letdown for me mm-hmm. I was sad my heart was sad for this. so you guys are purists like no, you J- want Jared everything took to be those, just like Jared the took material. the words right out of my that's that's not that's not a decision that Helen ever would have made and and it just it, he took the words right out of my mouth good I really thought she was going to get the rings yeah, and take down Wen Wu yeah. like that. I'm there for that. Like she's flirting with Wen Wu, and she takes his rings and then kills him. And like the Avengers have to come in and fight Hela. Awesome. Oh, that is not what happened. Even close. I feel like you loved this one. I liked it. That's okay. That's yeah. okay. I-, I enjoyed it. <laughs> and that's okay, Jonathan. You're allowed to. Like I said, I, I think that Kate Blanchett is a great actress. Obviously. That's the whole thing, though, right? That's the whole concept of what if. What if Hella became a good guy? What if she did learn uh, humility, or what's the word, uh, mercy, mm-hmm. in the episode? I thought it was fun. I thought it was a, a cool, fun episode. And, and also, it showed us a little bit darker of a uh, Odin in this episode yeah, as well. that's true. Which was really interesting, given you know what his motivations were for casting the the crown down in the first place yeah. it's like all of a sudden he's just like ah forget all you know so yeah. i i thought that was very interesting that all of and a sudden there was did you think it worked like that yeah did I, you think I it was if i take it off i didn't ever think yeah. of it in I, my mind i never like i never once thought of it as a similar trinket to the hammer no i <laughs> yeah, did not yeah. but and maybe maybe it wasn't supposed to be and the what if episode was just like oh let's just make the a crown that this way works. but <laughs> i i feel like that was one of the big things that didn't make sense is that all of a sudden Odin's all dark and evil and yeah. and but he was just talking about oh well you have to be worthy to you know <laughs> it I, it just doesn't make sense so the i mean if the episode was what if hella survived ragnarok mm-hmm. i would be there for that episode mm-hmm. that's what i would like to see because then she makes her way to earth and the avengers have to get together and take her down i'm there for that any comments on that episode, Darren? I already said all my spiel. Oh, <laughs> what if Hella got a new outfit? Yeah, no, to everybody's point, yeah, I just don't understand how she can go suddenly to the light side. I get to your point, though, like, what if she went uh, yeah. to the light side? So I can kind of be like, well, he's kind of going on the yeah. formula. You're, that's a good reason. You got a good logic there yeah. on what you liked about it. So, yeah, fair enough. I, yeah. Uh, I do think it was certainly uh, better than a lot of the other ones. <laughs> I'll give that. That one was a little bit better, I would say. Is, yeah. Uh, it shouldn't be nice. <laughs> again with the campy humor and again and again with a lot of the stuff that just 
it just just was not of the nature of the character. That's the one thing that I just can't get out of my head with that episode. But well, that it seems like with so many of these, like bringing back in, you know, I just made fun of it, but Shang Chi's parents, and then back to like Jude Law's character and Annette Bening and some of the other minor characters we've seen in some of these. Well, they're not supposed to be minor, but nobody cared about them. But it's just like they're just bringing those back, and we're supposed to we're supposed to know everything about them, and then they come in, and as voice actors, they're giving much more in these performances than they did to the actual <laughs> cinematic ones. So yeah. it's it's quite confusing, at least for me. There, there was two more episodes. We'll, we'll talk about both simultaneously. The Avengers assembling in 1602, and then also the uh, finale where the Captain Carter and Kahori team up to fight Supreme Strange. Just on the 1602... It was basically Captain Carter Part 3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all it was. Pretty much, yeah. Why do you think they chose 1602? I don't know. That was a very interesting choice, but Hulk smash thee. Was this supposed to actually come out before? <laughs> was this supposed to be like the Thanksgiving special? And they're like, oh, well, it's not that good. We better just put it in the end. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It took me forever to figure out that one dude was Happy Hogan. I, the, oh, really? The, the, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I was just like, he looks like some Three Musketeers guy with yeah. a weird mustache. I had no idea that that was John Favreau for a minute. And then he turned into the Purple Hulk. And I was like, oh, that was happy. Okay. It makes more sense now. That's another one. Uh, we got to see it all the time now. And I like John Favreau. I do. And I respect what he did for uh, the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. But we don't have to see Happy Hogan all the time. Well, I mean, yeah, it's not been too bad, but every Spider-Man movie. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys overall weren't a fan of Purple Hulk? No. no. Marvel 1602 is in the comic books. That's a whole series called Marvel 1602, and it's all—it's a period piece about all the super, like even the X Men are in it, Spider Man, and what they look like in 1602. So that's where I think that came from, and it was just their way of. Oh, but they still made their own story; they just used it. Oh right? yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. absolutely. There was no Cyclops in this episode. <laughs> oh, that's one comic I won't be picking up. Still. <laughs> I'm not a fan of period pieces. Yeah. As a whole, pretty much. So this one I knew was a, going into it. I was already like, ah. Uh. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's kind of the point of what if. What if just kind of introduces these these hypothetical realities, and sometimes they line up with, with things and people like them, and sometimes they don't. But it just feels like with what the MCU is doing with what if, it's, it's basically, the, you know, instead of just doing one hypothetical reality, they're introducing a whole new concept <clears throat> that, needs to be introduced into the MCU one way or another, and that's what I'm afraid they're going to try to mm. do with this. Like, at, at some point, are they going to have some time travel nonsense that takes us to 1602 and we come like They feel like they have to do that, and I don't think they have to, <laughs> you know? Just show us this one little 30-minute episode and let us decide whether or not we like it. And if we don't, don't get your feelings hurt. But if season one was any indication they're going to find a way to try to introduce some of this stuff into the MCU moving forward. The The finale for me was a, a letdown. Yeah, I'll cool. say that for sure. For me personally, overall, if we're talking about overall the show, there were some episodes that I really enjoyed, but there was probably more episodes that I did not like versus the ones that I did. So I think that we're kind of on the same ground when it comes to that, but uh, I just like the hell episode a little yeah, more than you guys. Okay. So. Nah. You're allowed to be wrong. <laughs> It's all right. <laughs> no, if we all thought the same way, this would be a boring episode. So if you had to take season one of What If and rate it by itself, and then season two of What If, rate it by itself, and then combine the rating for an overall rating of what you think about What If so far, what would you think? What If, Tim? So if I had to rate both seasons of What If is what you're asking yeah. me. First season was maybe a four and a half. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. That's really low, uh, Tim. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this one I'd probably give, I'd probably give a four-ish, you 
in this neighborhood. Wow. So yeah. So you I mean, really didn't like what if? I didn't like either one. I mean, I and, and this isn't a surprise. You know, I think the last time we were together, the four of us, we were rating the shows that came out yeah. at that time. Like and I think every single one of us put what if is last at that time. I don't think it's a surprise that what if is low on the totem pole for me. Now look, do I like it better than some of the Disney Plus stuff that's been out recently? Yes, I do. I like it better than She-Hulk. A lot better than She-Hulk. <laughs> I, I like it. You know, I, I, I think I'll probably say I like it better than Secret Invasion as well. I, I probably like it better than, than Moon Knight. Probably like it better than Ms. Marvel. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I probably like it better than. That doesn't mean that I'm still going to let it slide on some of the stuff that just, I, in my mind, they just totally dropped the ball. The concept has potential, but I feel like they're trying to execute it in a way that tries to foist stuff on its audience and it just didn't feel that none of it felt natural to me because i loved the what if comics growing up oh, i yeah. loved them uh they, they were great and you know the one thing i liked about it is each issue was like its own little thing you know what i mean i, yeah. I loved that there was more in my mind on in the comic books of each of these comic books kind of using what was already in the marvel universe to interact and, and maybe changing things that were already in the Marvel Universe. This has kind of gone kind of to the goofy realm for me in, in these what if. They kind of go almost too far in the things that change, if that makes sense. But yeah. yeah, to be fair, the comics had a lot more at their disposal. They could literally use anybody without having to worry about uh, voice actors licensing or licensing, and, yep, things like that. But yeah, I totally get your point. For me, I think if I had to average both together, it would be somewhere around a 5.5 to a 6. The reason being a 6, because I really enjoyed the first season with the exception of the Captain Carter episode and, and a few others. But the second season was a little bit worse than season one. But yeah, it's somewhere floating for me around a 5.5 to a 6. Yeah, I would say season 1 was better than season 2. Yeah. In terms of rewatchability is kind of how I, I grade mine. Am I going to go back and watch The Secret Invasion or She-Hulk or WandaVision? WandaVision I I am and I have rewatched She-Hulk. I've tried to get it deleted from Disney Plus, but I can't <laughs> figure out how to get that icon off. So what if season 1 I have gone back and watched a couple episodes? I don't feel the need to really watch any of these over again. Maybe one, maybe maybe two of them, possibly ever. But otherwise, I saw it. I don't need to go back yeah. to it. So I'd say, what if season one was maybe a five, and what if season two was probably a two? I'm right on the same uh, spectrum as you guys. Like I'll probably go. Uh, I don't even want to rewatch either of the seasons, to be honest <laughs> with you. But if I, one's better, it's definitely season one. I'll go maybe five. I'll guess I'll go three and a half on season two should be lower it could be lower it could float in around the whole point is it's on the bottom lower side of the scale for both of them uh, very very bottom yeah all of us <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well hey thank you so much for joining me in person for this episode viewers at home make sure you like share and subscribe check us out on social media check these guys out on social media and until next time have a good one